Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I have to tell you, I... I really didn't plan it this way. I mean, the the Little League Baseball Championship playoffs in Williamsport, they don't really start until this coming week. But as you'll see, today's show is going to revolve a lot around Little League Baseball for both good as well as not-so-good reasons. And you'll understand as I go through the various topics. And, of course, I'm I'm always eager to get your thoughts and comments at 877-337-6666. Okay, let's start with the good news. First and foremost, heartiest congratulations to the Massapequa Coast Squad advancing to Williamsport. They have a very solid ball club. The, uh, the, the Lionetti kid looks like he's the real deal on the mound. And, of course, we'll be following Massapequa as they continue uh, uh, to Williamsport to compete in the tournament. And we, of course, wish them the very best of luck. Now, speaking of Little League, I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that absolutely wonderful, spontaneous gesture of good sportsmanship that was exhibited by that little leaguer in the Southwest Championship playoff game. Friends, this was one of the most extraordinary events I've ever seen. Now, in case you missed it, and this this was shown multiple times on TV last weekend, and of course you can always see it online, but let me tell you what happened, because it really was quite special. A kid named Caden Shelton of Pearland, Texas, was pitching. He's facing batter Isaiah Jarvis of Tulsa, Oklahoma. When the count was 0-2, a pitch got away from Shelton. His pitch slammed hard into Jarvis's helmet, and the kid Jarvis fell to the ground immediately, clutching his head in pain as his concerned coaches ran to his aid. But after a few moments, Jarvis, you know, apparently his head, uh, he was okay. Apparently he, he, was, he was clear enough for him to, to get up and, and to walk unaided to first base. He clearly wanted to stay in the game, but he was really hit hard in the helmet. But while this is all going on at home plate, in the meantime, the pitcher, Shelton, well, he stood on the mound just staring at the ground, and he was quite frankly, crying. He was in tears over what had just happened. The kid was obviously upset and rattled. Okay, so the kid who got hit by the pitch, Jarvis, he's the kid who got beaned. Well, 
he's now on first base, but he sees that the kid, Shelton, who had just hit him with the pitch. So Jarvis walks over to the mound during the game, right over from, from first base. He, he puts his, his arms around Shelton, and he says to him, hey, you're doing great. Let's go. At this point, Shelton's teammates, the pitcher and his coach, have now gathered around the two of these kids to join in basically consoling this young right-handed pitcher. It was just, it was just amazing. This gesture of sportsmanship drew a standing ovation from the people at the ballpark. It just represented all the best values that we want our next generation of athletes to feel and to exhibit. Now, at the end of the game, Texas went on to beat Oklahoma 9-4, to and they went on to uh, they advanced to the Little League World Series in Williamsport. But in the end, it was that kid from Tulsa, Oklahoma, who's going to be remembered for keeping his wits about him and knowing how to put sportsmanship and caring for his fellow opponent into the right and proper perspective. I mean, it's just, just, just an absolutely tremendous lesson, not just for our kids, but for all sports parents and for coaches, this was really something special. Now, I do have to ask this. I, I, I do hope that the Jarvis kid, the kid who got hit by the pitch, you know, I hope he was checked out to see if he had a concussion. Now, I, of course, I understand that he had a, a keen desire to stay in the game and to go to first base after being plunked. But from what I saw on TV, it was, a, it was clearly a direct and solid hit to his helmet. I do trust that uh, his coaches and parents got him checked out as soon as possible in terms of any possible concussion. That's obviously essential. But there's no denying that Jarvis uh, is to be saluted and praised for his very kind and gracious gesture to basically console the opposing pitcher during the game. The very same pitcher who had just hit him in the head with a hard-thrown pitch. Now, I got to tell you, in, in, in pro ball, professional baseball, it's not often reported, but the truth is that major league pitchers routinely will check on an opposing batter uh, who gets hit in the head by an errant pitch. But it's not done during the game. It's usually done after the game is over, and it's usually done by the pitcher. That it, it's, it's the pitcher who will go to the other team's uh, dressing room and check on the health of the batter. But it's extremely rare. In fact, I can't even remember this. For the batter to go over and check on the mental health of the pitcher. And again, we talk a lot these days about mental health of our athletes. And, and you know, clearly the young Little League pitcher was upset. He was in tears about having hit the kid in the head. So it was just really just wonderful for, for the kid, Jarvis, to have gone over to him and to try to offer some, some encouragement. So, this, again, this was just a spontaneous, and that's the best part, a spontaneous and wonderful moment of pure sportsmanship and of being aware of the mental health of one's opponent. So, hats off to Isaiah Jarvis. You know, sometimes, moms and dads, it's just so refreshing to see our kids, our kids leading the way when it comes to doing the right thing in sports. And that makes us all feel good. Okay, now, <laughs> at, the, at the other end of the, of the baseball spectrum, well, this next story isn't from Little League, but it's certainly the kind of thing that, that shows us that we live in, 
We live in interesting times in terms of sports. I think I use that phrase. We live in interesting times. And let me explain. This is from the big leagues. Did you happen to see the video of that Pittsburgh Pirates player sliding into third base only to have his cell phone pop out of his back pocket? (laughs) I had to watch this several times to make sure I was actually seeing this. I mean, this is, this is classic old school versus new school in terms of baseball. Okay, here's what happened. Rodolfo Castro, who was a Pittsburgh infielder, apparently he was carrying his cell phone in his back pocket. And during the middle of the game, he's sliding the third base uh, against the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is happening on last Tuesday. And from the video, it was very obvious that uh, Castro's shiny iPhone popped out of his pocket. In fact, it was up to the third base umpire who spotted the phone on the ground and alerted Castro to pick it up after he basically uh, ruled that Castro had slid into uh, third base and was safe. (laughs) This was unbelievable. A cell phone that the umpire is saying to the kid, hey, you, you drop your cell phone. I was wondering how how the Pittsburgh manager, Derek Shelton, was going to handle all this. And he said after the game, quote, well, you stay around the game and you see things you haven't seen before, unquote. Yeah, I I think that's pretty fair to say. But Shelton took this all pretty much um, in a lackadaisical manner. He just said, quote, this was just a kid who made a mistake. It's just one of those things we move forward from. And I told him, you know, you really can't do that, end quote. I mean, I... <laughs> Talk about, I mean, saying how things have changed over the years. Uh, this kid, this kid, um, you know, Castro, second year second baseman. Uh, he had gone to third base on a single by O'Neill Cruz, and and the thing is, Castro, he slid head first into third uh, to beat the throw, and apparently, as he slid in there, the impact sent his phone flying out of his back pocket. So we then. The, as the play was over, he gave the cell phone to the third base coach to hold as the game continued on. Now, again, I, <laughs> I look, I know I'm old school, but this just seems flat out goofy. I mean, if you're a serious athlete at the high school or college level, you never put your cell phone in your uniform. It's, it's just not done. And in fact, I even think it's against the rules at, at, at the high school or college level. So now you're in the big leagues and your cell phone pops out of your pocket when you're sliding in the third in a major league game? I mean, I, I, again, I don't know if this kid's going to be disciplined at all or he's just going to get uh, embarrassed to death by doing this. I mean, does his manager, does he really even have to tell him that, no, you can't bring your cell phone with you when you're running the bases? I mean, sure, I assume the kid forgot or just knew, but when the words he got a cell phone with him in the first place in the dugout? Why do you need a cell phone in the middle of a baseball game? But, again, <laughs> let's look on the bright side. If Castro, if he had slid into third head first, I mean, uh, I mean, if he had slid, he slid in head, he, put it, Castro slid into third base head first. If he had slid feet first on the play, well, he might have destroyed his cell phone by sliding on it on his back pocket and crushing it. <laughs> So I guess that's good news for this kid. Anyhow, I don't know. This may be the way of future in terms of youth sports and baseball. 877-337-6666. When I return from the break, I want to stay and tell you about a more serious situation that took place in a Little League game between Washington State and Oregon. 
and how that ended last Thursday night. It was an ending I had never seen before, and yet I'm still waiting for an explanation as to what took place. Basically, an umpire calls a batted ball foul, and yet the winning run is allowed to score? Okay, more details when I come back, and of course I'll take your calls. 877-337-6666. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to Little League Baseball. I'm watching the Oregon-Washington State playoff game this past Thursday evening where the winner of the game advances to Waymansport. So it's a big deal for these kids. Now, i got to tell you, I, I've seen some screwy endings to all sorts of ball games over the years. But this one was indeed something else. And I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts and your reaction to this as well. In fact, I'm, I'm still waiting for someone from Little League Baseball in Waymansport to explain what happened. Here we go. The game was in extra innings, and in the bottom half of the inning... The potential winning run for Washington State, Kidd was on first base. The next batter then hits a high chopper, a ground ball, down the third baseline. The only question would be whether it would be called fair or foul. And sure enough, the third base umpire, who's tracking the ball, he's about maybe, you know, 5, 10 feet behind third base, as the ball comes bounding down the line, he immediately raises both his arms up very, 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 you know, defiantly, which is the universal sign for a foul ball. So the team in the field, which happens to be Oregon, they say, okay, it's a foul ball. They relax. Uh, they get ready what they think is going to be the next pitch. I mean, even, even Jessica Mendoza, who's working the game on ESPN, said it was very clear that the third base ump had ruled the ball foul. And again, every Oregon player out in the field just sort of stopped pursuing the ball as it went down the third baseline. After all, the third base umpire had said with his arms up in the air, it's a foul ball. But the third base coach for Washington State, who's maybe standing 10, 15 feet from that same umpire who had raised his arms, well, that coach must have heard something different. Must have heard something different because... The coach then started to frantically wave the runner from first base all the way around second, all the way around third, and to home to score what would have been the, you know, the, the winning run. 
But again, the umpire had already signaled the ball was foul. And the team in the field visually relied on that call, assuming it was a foul ball. And as such, they didn't go after, they didn't chase the ball down the line. They rightfully assumed the umpire had called it a foul ball. Now, as you might imagine, there was absolute total confusion on the field and in the broadcast booth. Nobody knew what was going on. So the umpires got together to talk and to review the video of what happened with that, that batted ball. And after several agonizing minutes, the home plate umpire came out and he ruled that the batted ball was indeed fair and that the winning run had thus scored on the play all the way from first base and the game was now over and Washington State had won. Now, <laughs> the winning team from Washington State was delirious. They were thrilled. They were happy. The losing team from Oregon, still out in the field, just absolutely crestfallen. Everybody saw that the umpire had clearly signaled that it was a foul ball. Okay, now, <laughs> Oregon, to my perspective, has a major beef in all of this. I didn't hear any explanation coming from the umpire uh, who made the, the, the final call. Didn't hear anything coming from ESPN. And I know this is, again, these are kids playing Little League. Little League. But with that loss, the Oregon kids lost a chance of a lifetime to advance to Williamsport. And then just yesterday afternoon, I read online that the Oregon head coach is now appealing to Williamsport to do the right thing and to just invite not only Washington State, but also include Oregon to the playoffs in Williamsport, uh, which could again start this coming week. Uh, this coach uh, from Oregon, his name is uh, Brett Hartlob, said, quote, Little League here has an opportunity, I think, to come out and do some good stuff. Let's see if they're smart enough to do that, unquote. You know, I agree. Little League baseball, you do have a chance here to do the right thing. In a week that you've been celebrating sportsmanship uh, with the kid getting hit in the head and then consoling the pitcher on the mound, Here's another opportunity in the same same week. Look, first of all, here's what I would suggest. First, provide an explanation as to what happened. If the video replay confirmed that the ball was indeed fair, then then doesn't the same video show the third base umpire ruled that it was a foul ball? I'm sure it did. So then just try to do the right thing. Simply confess or admit that the umpires working this Little League game made a crucial mistake. They screwed up because I think they're saying that, you know, maybe the home plate umpire said it was a fair ball because, again, the ball goes over the base and, uh, you know, as a fair ball and then it comes up in foul territory after third base, then it's still a fair ball. But if, if you want to correct the situation, take some time and say to both teams, to both coaches, okay, we made a mistake, so what we're going to do here is we're going to compromise. The guy who hit the batted ball, he gets first base safely. The guy who was on first base goes to second and we pick up the action from there. Or you just do a do-over and say, we made a mistake, so batter, go back to, uh, to home to the batter's box, and we'll pick up there, and we, nobody gets penalized. But you, got, you just can't end the game without saying, what happened here? I mean, I, if I'm the Oregon head coach, I wouldn't know what to say to my team after a game like that. And apparently he didn't know. He did not know, because all the kids in the field thought the game was going to continue. So, again... I just think, speaking of sportsmanship, here was a golden opportunity for the Washington State coach. How about that? You know, to basically say, 
he could have done the, the right thing here and said, quote, we won this game on a really wild uh, and unexpected set of circumstances. I think we should go to Little League that both teams should advance to Williamsport. That would be the right thing to do here. So it's now up to the folks in Williamsport, you know, for them to step up and make a decision. But so far, they've been silent. They haven't said anything. As far as we can tell, they're letting this, the game end as it is on this very, very highly controversial and very unexpected set of circumstances. Okay, let's let's take some calls about this. Let's start with uh, let's start with Tim over in Eastchester. Tim, good morning. You're first up on the fan this morning. Good morning, Coach. Coach, I just want to reinforce the point of the Oklahoma baseball player Isaiah Jarvis. Yes, Coach. It was one of the finest displays of sportsmanship ever. This young man was raised right. So I have a suggestion. Before every season, regardless of the sport, all coaches should show this replay to their players. So I say to Mr. Jarvis, carry on, young man, carry on. That's a real good idea, and I said it was such a, uh, you know, Tim, thank you for, for chiming in this morning. I agree with you. I, that's, that was such a special and unscripted, spontaneous moment of wonderful sportsmanship. That should be shown to every kid uh, who plays Little League Baseball, and quite frankly, be shown to all high school athletes as well, to say this is what sportsmanship is all about. And, of course, we've had wonderful shows with sportsmanship over the years. We know that, but this one just happened this week, and it's, it's timely, and it's, it was just, uh, just really, really beautiful. Thanks, Tim. Let's let's move on. Let's go to uh, George up in Fairfield, Connecticut. Hey, George, you're next up on the fan. Rick, how are you doing? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that I've been listening to you and, in fact, WFAN since the station came on the air. I've always uh, l- loved the content, especially your show, um, and it's it seems like it's been impossible to get on. I just picked up the <laughs> phone today, and here I am. So, Good. I'm uh, glad you did. Yeah. Uh, first of all. I, I got a comment on uh, the, your story of the cell phone yes. uh, in the player's <laughs> pocket. Well, I can tell you a story about 20 years ago. This is going way back. Uh, I was living in Tennessee at the time, um, but I was at a girls' basketball game, a high school basketball game, and there was, uh, there was kind of a lopsided game going on. The team that was losing by about 40 points um, wasn't doing too well, but I looked over, and as the coach was up coaching her team, Team, down the bench, three or four players down. I saw. I actually saw a girl on her cell phone on the bench, Jeez. and the coach didn't seem to be <laughs> paying much attention to that. And I, I thought it was funny that you brought this thing up, and um, you know, it was. It, it wasn't a good look. Let's put it that way. George, I, I yeah. Um, again, that's a long time ago. But I, I, I what, what the takeaway in this is, and George, thanks for for getting through this morning. Takeaway is, coaches, I guess you're going to have to explain to your kids that, you know, you cannot, you cannot take, take your cell phone and leave it in the locker room or, or give it to your parents, but do not bring it to the game. Do not put it in, um, in your uniform and certainly do not use it during the course of the game. Uh, it just, it's just it's the height of total, uh, you know, egotism. I mean, it means that you're saying, well, my cell phone, my, 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 whatever, my text messages or my calls or doing a selfie, that's more important than the rest of the team. 
And, and that's that's the way, again, I know I'm an old school guy. I get that. But that that's the message I'm getting on something like that. And I'm thinking that there's no reason. What, what, what is so compelling that you need to have a cell phone, uh, you know, uh, with you during the course of a game? I just don't get that. And, again, I, I think, I guess, coaches, we're going to have to now explain to your your, your players don't do that. It's just not cool. And now we have it at the big league level. So again, I, I, it's, it's just bizarre. Okay, let's, let's go back to this situation, uh, you know, between Washington State and Oregon Little League Baseball. Let's, um, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Ed Ward over in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Ed, good morning. Good morning, good morning Rick. How you doing? Good, Ed. Uh, so well, what do you think about this case? Well, before I talk about it, we have a New Jersey umpire going out to, uh, to umpire the Little League World Series. Uh, Rich Finale from Hudson County is going out to that umpire. And three years ago, we had a Middlesex County umpire, Bob Siriello, go out to the Little League World Series and umpire. So that's a credited umpire in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. What do I think about what do I think about the situation? It's crazy, but to be honest, what they should have did was this. If, the, if if how I didn't get to see the game, but in my opinion, if they if they thought that the ball was fair, they should have just awarded one base to the, to the runner advancing to second, and then the base hit. Right. Because if because all the players just stop playing. Yeah. How do you how can you award a run on that? You know, <laughs> it, it's just I, crazy on that. I I agree, and as I said, I because the game was an in extra innings, and because. Uh, the, the programming uh, was supposed. The game was supposed to go from seven to nine on ESPN, but ESPN wanted to get to their their um, their next show, which was the Derek Jeter uh, series. They just uh, once the umpires uh, said the run run counts, game's over. The the, the two uh, sportscasters just said, "Well, we got to get going. Goodbye. Good luck to um, to Washington State." And I'm thinking, "Wait a minute, you can't do that. You just can't. <laughs> you got to tell us what happened here." Uh, and no, it was no. just bizarre. So. Uh, so I didn't know either. So in other words, ESPN's gonna gonna dictate now when the game's over? Well, no, they they, they played obviously no, I, I, the, you know, they wanted to show the entire game, but obviously as far as they were concerned, the game was over and maybe they didn't want to spend time trying to get down to the umpires or ask what happened. But I don't know. I can't speak for ESPN, but it was weird that I'm watching. I don't have any skin in the game regarding Washington State and Oregon Little League baseball. Uh, but I'm thinking, gee, that's not really fair. What happened here? What? Why was that ruling made? But no such no such explanation was forthcoming, and I couldn't find anything about it, you know, and uh, doing my research. It was just bizarre. But I agree, if if they're not if they're not going to just uh, if they're just going to end the game that way, should come. Well, here's the way we made a mistake. We screwed up. Uh, maybe I, I gather. I'm assuming here that the the home plate umpire must have said it was a fair ball, which was in total conflict with the. The, the third base umpire who said it was foul. Um, so they screw up. You say, fine, we'll compromise. You know, the batter, as you said, goes to first base. The, the runner goes to second. And we keep playing the game. I mean, I, I don't I don't understand why they can't do that. Ed, thanks well, the for the problem. call. Let me, let me run out and get some more calls before my break. But thanks, Ed. Let's, uh, let's move quickly over to... Um, to Jack uh, Jack Smith and Fairlawn. Jack, uh, you and I were talking about uh, you know uh, unusual cases with umpires and games just the other day, <laughs> but this is this and this is bizarre. I, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, we're all still scratching our heads. You know, the, the funny thing about it is, and this is my opinion, and, and as soon as that umpire called foul ball, 
it's a dead ball, you know. And yeah. and the situation and the situation is as soon as those players out in the field stop playing, there should be no call. Even if it was a fair ball, you kind of replay it with the strike. The umpire in the, in the field called it a foul ball, creating everybody on the defense to stop playing. And when that happens, you can't allow the play to continue. And the umpire behind the plate who thought it was a fair ball should be ruled out because the original call of foul ball created everybody on that field, the defense, to think that it was a foul ball, and they stopped playing. So it shouldn't even have been a do-over. <laughs> it should have been a strike on the foul ball and continue the game. That's what should have happened. Okay, and, let, me, let, me just, you know, by, let me stop you there, ahead. Jack, for a second, because I, I just want to interject this. If, if the third base umpire, to your point, if he hadn't yep. immediately thrown his hands up in the air to signal it's a foul ball, if he had not done that, if he had just basically gotten out of the way of the play and didn't put his hands up, then if the players in the field on their own had assumed it was a foul ball, well, that's a mistake by the players because the umpire didn't signal right. it was a foul ball. But once, as you said, and I think we all agree with this, once the umpire says foul ball, well, who's going to chase the ball? It's a foul ball. Exactly. So you never can't come back playing. now and, never, and change it, you know? Never stop playing until you hear the umpire make his call. Yes. All right? And, but that's a golden rule. Don't ever stop playing until the umpire makes his call. So as soon as that umpire made his call, every kid did exactly what they should have done. They relaxed. Okay? You can't assume. you got to hear and follow the rules. And that's what they did. You know, by the coach from the other team, the winning team, not stepping up and saying something also, it shows the importance of winning to these kids. Hey, listen, you're at the World Series. Of course, winning is very, very, very important. But like that gentleman said before, um, you had the opportunity to make something right here and do the right thing, and Little League's not doing that. I mean, come on. I told you the other day, I witnessed a softball umpire calling a ball. A ball. <laughs> So, you know, one, one, of the things, one of the things that we have to understand is that umpires are human beings. And when it becomes a judgment call, it's a judgment. But when umpires don't know the rules of the game that they're umpiring, now you have problems. Yes. Now you've got big-time yes. problems. And, you know, listen, I watched a kid watch a third strike the other day that he could not have reached that ball with a, with a telephone pole. He couldn't have hit it. All right, but yet my friend down in my friend down in Florida, Tom Valenzuela and I were discussing this. He said, "Jack, you could not have hit that ball with a thirty-nine or forty-inch bat." And this umpire makes his call with all his actions. You know, I'm the show, you know I'm the show here, and you know that's what I don't like. And these guys are supposed to be volunteering. You know what? Go out and get some umpires and listen. Once again, umpires are human. It's, when it becomes judgment, they can make a wrong judgment. That's what makes this game so exciting. But you know what? When they don't know the rules of the game, and that you know that umpire behind home plate, even if he called fair ball and the umpire at third base in the field called a foul ball, it has to. You have to go on what that team in the field reacted to it. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me ask foul you this. Ball, stop play. Go ahead. Let me ask you this, coach. I mean, you know, so the Oregon coach has to then, during the, the game is now over, 
I mean, the Washington State kids are celebrating. They're jumping up on each other. They're going to Williamsport, so on and so forth. The right. Oregon kids are still on the field. They're sort of like, you know, obviously upset. They're 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 they're, oh, they're just they're, they're like, what what happened here? What does the coach from Oregon tell these kids that? Well, I'm sorry, boys, but um, you know, I guess you should have probably chased after the ball. Uh, to no, prevent the guy no, from scoring, no. you can't. You can't say that to the kid. The kids are twelve; they're old enough to say, "No, the, the ball was a foul ball. Why do we have to go?" I mean, what's going on here? And the game is now over, and the kids are saying, "Well, shouldn't we just continue on?" Why, why? You know, it's a horrible situation. And again, I think the couple of suggestions here—one from the Oregon coach saying, "You know, why doesn't Little League take both teams to to Williamsport?" It was the it was the the, the game was a walk off game. That Washington State won, so take both teams to Williamsport. That's a really good move of, of great sportsmanship. I don't see why they don't do that. Two, yes. Little League hasn't said anything about this game. It's like, well, it's over, move on. And three, right. why doesn't the, the Washington State coach jump in and say, yeah, it was a ridiculous way to win a game. I feel for the Oregon kids. So yeah, maybe we should all just, um, you know, all you know, I support the idea that we should all go to Williamsport uh, and compete there. That would be the no, way what, to do this. But I don't get it, you know? So, Well, the, the real way to do it, the real way to do it, Rick, would be to replay the game from that point. Start the game right from at that particular point with a strike on the batter for the foul ball. Yeah. That's what should be done, okay? And you know what? They're not going to do the right thing. I'm going to tell you that right now. They, they have a schedule. They got to move. They got to get everything in, in place for when it's, you know, when it comes on, you know, when it comes to Williamsport. So there, I'm, you know... I will be very, very shocked if Williamsport does something correct here. I really will. Uh, and that's sad to say. It's really sad to say. So, yeah. you know, and, and, it's, and, it, and as far as the, the, you know, the boy Jarvis, you know what? It also showed compassion, not only sportsmanship. It showed compassion. And that's a big point, too. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that word because that's exactly right. It was compassion. The, the kid felt like, you know, he's he's he has respect for his for his opposing uh, player, but he had compassion for what this kid was going through. And it, we've been talking the last few years about the mental health of, of all of us, but including athletes. And that was a prime example of one kid reaching out to another kid to make sure that mentally he was okay. And I think, as one of the callers said, that should be shown – every year to every little leaguer and every kid who's playing high school sports as well. Jack, thank you as always. Uh, I'm going to take a break. Friends, when I come back, we'll take more of your calls about what should have happened here. What should have been done in this bizarre walk-off situation in a Little League game between Washington State and Oregon? 877-337-6666. Hey, uh, friends, I, I just want to take a quick moment to mention that uh, last week's show, we talked about, as you recall, the those giant youth sports complexes uh, that have been popping up all over the country in the last uh, decade or so. Well, that show we did that that podcast it's not yet posted on either the uh, wfan uh, site or on the askcoachwolf.com site uh, a number of you have um, have reached out to me and emailed me about that show and uh, i apologize that we haven't had a chance to get it up uh, so you can hear it we've had some in, in 
in all candor, we've had some technical issues uh, in terms of its posting, but I am very optimistic that it will be posted uh, sometime this coming week. Again, you can always listen to my show uh, as a podcast on WFAN.com. You go to the link on it for podcast, or you can just go to AskCoachWolf.com and get it there as well. Okay, right now we're talking about that controversial ending to the Washington State-Oregon Little League baseball game and how that will be – that will really is a perfect opportunity for Little League in Williamsport to do the right thing here and either find a compromise to keep that game going or maybe just to invite both teams out to Williamsport, mainly because of the confusion where the third base umpire ruled that a battered ball was foul. And that the, when that happened, the Oregon team out in the field just basically relaxed and they didn't pursue the ball as the so-called winning run scampered all the way from first base and, and won the game, quote-unquote, won the game for Washington State. 877-337-6666, that, of course, is our number. Let's continue with our, our thoughts and comments. Let's go to uh, Dr. Rob Freed out in Lake Success. Rob, pretty unusual situation, huh? Rick, I got to tell you, after hearing Jack, first of all, hats off to, to the Massapequa team. Listen, I'm on Long Island they have not had a team, Rick, since 1978, Rockville Senator. This is really a big deal, and I'm glad you're touching on this today because, you know, Little League World Series, it, it's, it, it's such a fascinating, you know, uh, thing that, that happens during, you know, during the summertime. And I must, I must tell you that, this, you know, these kids have won an amazing opportunity, and it's such a rare thing to get there. And, you know, I'm thinking about what happened here. They must do a redo. They must. It's logistically probably going to be very, very rough. It's a, it's a tough situation that these young kids, uh, you know, have to go through this. I mean, the, lo- the losing team. But, you know, they should, if it's logistically possible, get them both out there. It's so hard to get there. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And these, these kids, you know, they might never get this opportunity again. You know, and that's, I, I, that's I, one I, of the thoughts I, that I have on this. I mean, I would have thought that, and I don't know this because I'm not involved with Little League uh, that, that uh, you know, closely, but I would assume there must have been somebody from Little League Baseball who was an administrator at that game between uh, Oregon and Washington State. And when this game came to an end, you would have thought that somebody there would have said, wait a minute, let's talk this over. Because well, we you know, but, but I was thinking as a, along the lines of, listen, the kids, it's a, it's, it's a tough lesson, but I know the umpire made a mistake. You have to. Part of me thinks they have to play it through. I mean, this well, is something. I, I mean, but you know, they could have. And, they and, and I get it. You know that these are young twelve-year-old kids. But the best thing that could happen is that they let these kids. You know, both maybe get get a redo in this situation. But yeah. I just want to throw one other thing out there, Rick. Me and Jack have been talking this week. You know, and he's writing some amazing articles. And you know, he's he's just such an amazing coach that. Really has helped me, you know, uh, you know, in, in personal situations I'm going through right now as far as, uh, in competition, uh, as a 61 year old, okay, still able to compete. And I'm talking to him about, you know, Jack, how many more years can I do this with burnout, you know, setting in? You know, how many more years can I compete at this high level? And, and I am still competing at such a high level, but he, he's been so phenomenal in visualization and the different, the different, different aspects. And, you know, I know not many people know that he's writing a book, but he's really got such information. And, Jack, I can't thank you enough. And your show, I mean, with, with Dr. Z coming on with cardiology, and, you know, that, that helped save, possibly save my life, getting to, you know, finding out that I needed stents. 
I can't thank you enough, Rick. And, well, and every week I look so forward to this, and I, I just had to throw that out there. Well, today, th- thank, thank you, Rob. I'm glad you did. And, and you know, look, people ask me, well, Jack Smithlin, he's become like a, like a fixture on your show. And I said, yeah, because the guy has great insights. He has great observations from 40-some-odd years as a coach at the high school and now at the collegiate level. The guy's got great things to offer. And, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that, that Jack is finally putting his, his observations and advice into, uh, on the written uh, in, the, in the written form, and hopefully that book will come out soon, and people can get more, get more of his benefit of what he has to offer. Rob, th- thank you. Let me let me take some more calls before I run out of time. But always, always my thanks to you for your comments. Uh, and by the way, speaking of what Rob just said, all right. So if we're going to do, why not? If we're going to do a redo or just have a pick up the game where it left off, then bring the team from Oregon and Washington State to Williamsport and do like a like they do with um, with college basketball. Have a playing game and just. Pick up the game uh, with man on first and second uh, and just continue the game on. Maybe Washington State goes on to win. Maybe Oregon comes back and win. But whoever wins that, that, that play-in game, they go on to play in Williamsport. I think that's pretty doable, I would think. Again, there's logistics involved and so on and so forth. But remember, both teams went into that game assuming that if they did win, they would go to Williamsport. So, you know, but I just, it just leaves a very sour taste in my mouth that a team is being sort of somehow, uh, because an umpire's mistake, somehow the kids have to pay the price. I don't think that's right. Let's, let's move on. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Dave in Flatbush. Hey, Dave. Good morning. You're on the fan. How you doing, Coach? Yeah, Dave. So, so my take on this issue is, uh, first of all, I love the Little League World Series. I love how these kids actually love the game, and they, it's just it's such a special uh, atmosphere to the Little League World Series. Yep. But in this, in this situation, you're, not, you're playing to win, obviously. I don't think that both teams should make it to the Little League World Series, but I do think there should be a playing game. I mean, George Brett, which is, which is Major League Baseball, sure. they replayed from the moment of the, of the pine tar incident. Right. And there's no reason why these kids can't both go to Williamsport and play the inning, two innings, whatever it takes to get a real winner. It was no – I don't even know why. I thought it was reviewed just to see if the third base ump uh, was, was calling fair or foul. That's why I thought it was being reviewed. I don't think you could review – I mean, I'm not, I'm not an umpire, but – to review something after it was called foul when everybody stops, it seems a little bit, you know, uh, silly. I mean, I think that it has to be reviewed. I thought they were just reviewing whether or not the guy called foul, the umpire called foul, and then, and then you know, the game continues on well, as a stretch. Dave, I, 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 again, I'm not an umpire, okay? But um, it's my understanding, and I could be very much wrong about this, but it seems what now as the pieces of the puzzle come together – Clearly, the third base umpire put his hands up in the air right away, signaling the ball was foul. But what must have happened was the home plate umpire must have said fair, called it fair, because the third base coach for Washington State, once even though the umpire at third had signaled foul, the third base coach immediately started to yell at the kid on first base to come around second, third, and score, because he must have heard the home plate umpire yell fair. Now, it is, I believe... That call on a fair or foul ball is the home plate umpire's call. So the third base umpire, you know, didn't have a right to, to do this. And now, since they're both <laughs> signaling one is fair, one is foul, I believe then the rule book says that, well, if there's a conflict, then you have to go with the foul ball call. Because obviously, the reasons we've always outlined, the team in the field starts to relax. 
So I, I don't know why that wasn't brought up. I don't know why that wasn't explained afterwards or so on and so forth. But again, I do think that the right thing to do here is either, you know, bring both teams out to Williamsport and have a playing game. Just as you said, Dave, you know, with, with the situation back in the day with uh, George Brett and the Yankees and the Royals. Good, good call. Thank you for that. Let's go uh, very quickly to Tony and Stamford. Hey, Tony, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. I'm a 40-year Little League umpire. Yeah. I think I could help explain to you basically what happened on this play. Okay. The plate umpire in Little League baseball has fear and foul from the plate to the base. Right. It's not the third base umpire's call at, at all. Okay. In Little League baseball, you always point fear and call foul. Okay. You never call fear. You always... Points here and call foul. I'm with you. And I agree with you 100%. First of all, I, uh, Little League Baseball did rule on this last night, and they're not going to do nothing about it. They sent out an apology. That's all <laughs> Is they that did. right? Jeez. That's absolutely correct. Okay. Little League International apologized for any inconvenience, yeah. is the way they worded it, which is very disappointing. The inconvenience but, of having the rest of my life as a 12-year-old thinking I, I got a job that I'm going to Williamsport? That's an inconvenience? Yeah. Thanks for that, yeah, Little they, International. They, yeah, they put out a statement last night, which is mind-boggling, to say the least. But this was before any game, even during regular season games, umpires get together and they go over the ground rules and such. Okay? Yeah. And, I, and what we had here was a lack of communication. The third base umpire, though he's probably a great guy, and, you know, and he volunteers and et cetera, et cetera. He blew the call. He had no right making a call. He's supposed to just sit there. It's the home plate umpire's call. Right. Now, in Little League, in Little League baseball, you could protest a ruling. If you believe that the team, the umpire has got a ruling wrong, you're allowed to protest. On a judgment call, you're not allowed to protest. Yes. Fear is a judgment call. So, obviously, they weren't allowed to protest the game, which... Maybe they should have, you know, the, uh, yeah. that rule may have, may have to be changed or tweaked or whatever. Tony, I, I, I'm, I'm out of time, like you but I, I tell you, I, I, I very much appreciate I got you in, and I appreciate the fact that you've updated me about Little League Baseball saying sorry for the inconvenience. I'm not, I'm not going to do anything, which is just outrageous. But, Tony, thank you for the call. I just think that's outrageous. They had an opportunity here to do the right thing and, and make things right with, uh, with Oregon and their chance these kids to go to Williamsport. And that's they're going to say we're not going to do it. But Tony said, and I think this is what happened here, that third base umpire had no right to make a call, fair or foul. It's the home plate umpire who makes the call. And apparently he ruled it fair. And it's just a mess. And, again, I'm so sorry for these kids from Oregon who somehow will have to live with this, this nightmare for the rest of their lives that they had a chance to go to Williamsport, and it just didn't work out thanks to the friends in Little League Baseball. All right. That's going to do it for me. My thanks, of course, to Ed Arzuman. Mark Malusis, he's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 